the 2022 Jets draft class is already looking like one of the greats in franchise history. The 2021 draft class, however, it's not looking so good. Today we're going to talk about what it will take for the Jets draft class of 2021 to turn things around ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, May 16th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, thanking you for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they are posted. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the podcast out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Today, we're going to talk about the Jets 2021 draft class, a draft class that began with so much promise and really has not lived up to it in the first two seasons. What will it take for this draft class to turn things around? It's been interesting, the fact the Jets brought back Javelin Guidry on Tuesday. They claimed him off waivers. Guidry is a guy you may remember. He spent the first two seasons of his career with the Jets. He was an undrafted free agent signing in 2020. And the 2020 Jets draft class is looking really bad right now. I mean, there's no other way around it. Mekhi Becton barely played. Denzel Mims has not panned out at all. Ashton Davis is nothing more than a special teamer. Uh, Jabari Zaniga is gone. You have a bunch of fourth-round picks, none of whom are really really panning out. Unfortunately, Cameron Clark got injured. James Morgan, Michael Pirine, though, are really not players in this league. Bryce Hall gave you, like, one decent starting season. Braden Mann is gone. It's just not a very good draft class. The Jets did get Bryce Huff as an undrafted free agent that year. He looks pretty good. You know, he's a good situational pass rusher. Javelin Guidry is an okay depth guy and special team. But the 2020 Jets draft class, even this time last year, was not looking very good. The 2022 Jets draft class looks fantastic. You have two rookies of the year. You have Brees Hall, who looks like a star running back in the making. You got a couple guys who could be players in Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens. Jeremy Ruckert, Max Mitchell. We'll see how they pan out. It looks like an excellent class. Between those two years is the 2021 Jets draft class. And that class began with so much promise. And part of the reason it began with so much promise is they drafted a quarterback second overall, Zach Wilson. And the fact Aaron Rodgers is here really tells you all you need to know about how things have gone for Zach Wilson. With all due respect to Aaron Rodgers, who is arguably one of the 10 greatest quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL, he would not be here in a situation where the Jets were happy with what they got from their young quarterback, Zach Wilson. Beyond that, the Jets had another player that they drafted earlier that year, Elijah Moore, who's already gone. Elijah Moore, who uh, we can call him a bust because he's gone. And it's unfortunate because a year ago, I mean, as recently as a year ago, a lot of us were very excited about his potential. We were wondering if he could be the next star receiver for the Jets. Well, as it turned out, the Jets would have a young receiver go on to start him in the year 2022. It was just Garrett Wilson, not Elijah Moore. So, when you miss on two top 35 picks, it makes things tough for a draft class to pan out. However, despite the reality that this draft class is probably never going to be looked back as a great draft class, there still is time for this 2021 group to at least turn into something credible. 
And part of the reason for that is that even though the Jets missed on Zach Wilson, and listen, when you miss on the quarterback second overall, there's nothing that can really completely salvage the draft class. The Jets did have a second first round pick in that year. And that was Elijah Vera Tucker. And now there's a lot on Vera Tucker because not only did the Jets miss with their most important pick second overall, the quarterback, they also missed with pick number 34 that year, Elijah Moore, wide receiver. So if you want a draft class to be remembered as something credible, you need that second first round pick to really hit. And to his credit, I think Elijah Vera Tucker through the first two years has given you more good than bad, especially last year. Last year's, I always think it's tough when you move an offensive lineman in season. I think it's different. I think maybe we overhype how difficult it is for a lineman to move from season to season because you get a full training camp. You know, a Mackay Becton who moved, who was trying to move last year from left tackle to right tackle. I don't know that it was as big of a deal maybe as we made it out to be because he was going to, at least in theory before he got injured, get a full year of training camp under his belt. Elijah Vera Tucker had to move from right guard to left tackle to right tackle in the span of a couple weeks because of injuries. The Jets were so banged up at tackle last year. In fact, they tried to avoid moving Vera Tucker to tackle. They even put the rookie Max Mitchell out there when Mitchell was really not ready to play. Of course, Vera Tucker suffered a season-ending injury in Denver, a game that the Jets won. It was actually their fourth straight win in 2022. It got their record to 5-2, and two, but it was a very costly win because they lost Vera Tucker and they also lost Brees Hall. Vera Tucker had been a really valuable player to that point for the Jets. And there are a couple things the Jets will need from him. And there's kind of a debate now with Elijah Vera Tucker. Should he play at guard? Should he play at tackle? And I think the general consensus is he'll probably be a better guard than he will be a tackle. On the other hand, he may be more valuable at tackle because a decent tackle, you could argue, is better is more valuable than a good guard because it's more difficult to find guards than tackles. I'll put that debate to the side for a moment. It sounds like Vera Tucker is going to play guard, at least at the start of the season. Now, depending on what the Jets deal with it as far as injuries go in 2023 that could change we saw him kick out to both tackle slots at various points last year so it's not inconceivable he could play tackle again he developed though there was he was kind of inconsistent in the rookie season in 2021 I think he was much better in year two he showed improvement I think especially as a pass blocker and in those moments when the Jets kind of threw him out at tackle and it was tough because from week to week, he changed from left tackle to right tackle. And I, I also think that there's some difficulty when you move from the right side of the line to the left side of the line overnight. And that's really what happened because he had to move from right guard to left tackle. Not an easy task, but I thought he held up pretty well at, at, after not only changing positions, but changing the side, of the side of the line he was playing and then moving from left tackle to right tackle after Dwayne Brown returned. For Vera Tucker, it's about continuing his development. It's also about staying healthy. And injuries are not really a player's fault. I've always said, I can't blame Mekhi Becton that he hasn't held up. It's a bad pick. It's just not Becton's fault that it's a bad pick. With Vera Tucker, you got a really good almost half of a season last year. But he needs to stay healthy. And again, it, it's not really... I don't know that health is necessarily something you can, you can put on a player himself. But for the Jets to look back on this 2021 draft class and try and salvage something out of it... You need to get a full season out of Elijah Vera Tucker, in part because he's such an important player on this line. You know, the Jets, you saw last year with the versatility what he brought, but it wasn't just the versatility. I think sometimes we maybe overrate versatility, and don't get me wrong, it's important. I've just spent a couple minutes telling you why 
him moving from from guard to tackle was was critical for the Jets. But it's one thing to be able to play multiple positions. It's another to be able to play multiple positions well. Sometimes we go a little overboard when we praise guys who do who do a number of different things. Do they do them all well though? That's what Vera Tucker brings to the table. And he's a guy who I think can give you a little bit of everything at the guard position. He has the potential to be a good run blocker. He's got the potential to be a good pass blocker. He's got the potential to be an excellent guard for this team. And he showed signs that he was developing into one last year in a situation that can only be described as difficult because even before the injuries, the Jets were constantly reshuffling their tackles. You know, Becton goes down, so they bring in Dwayne Brown. That means George Fant moves from the left side to the right side. Then, then they have to reshuffle it again. Max Mitchell goes to right tackle. Vera Tucker was playing next to a revolving door of tackles while he was at right guard. And he was, it was a revolving door of tackles that really were not very good. And that makes the guard position tougher to play. And he still held up pretty well. Ultimately, Elijah Vera Tucker, if we're going to look back on this Jets 2021 draft class and say that there's anything good that came from it, Elijah Vera Tucker's got to stand up. Because then at least you could say there was a first-round pick, and a first-round pick who plays a, a, an important spot on the offensive line. If without Vera Tucker, though, staying healthy and, and succeeding in this league, this 2021 Jets draft class may end up looking just as ugly as the 2020 draft class. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll also talk about another high-profile player from the 21 class. It's Michael Carter. The Jets need to bounce back in year three after a very disappointing year two. We'll talk more explaining what they need from the running back as we continue this Tuesday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. I know, Knicks fans, it's tough. The Knicks were eliminated from the NBA playoffs. Now you have to watch... Two rivals in the Eastern Conference Finals. You've got Boston, you've got Miami. Then out west, you've got LeBron taking on Nikolai Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. Well, even though you may not have a rooting interest, you can still make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. And that's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So no matter who you've got, whether it's an NBA Finals with Boston and the Lakers or Boston and Denver or Lakers and the Heat... Uh, no matter who it is, there's no better place to get in on the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat-first bet of up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day, and you everydayers out there. Tomorrow we are going to have our weekly mailbag show. Each Wednesday we try and do a mailbag on the podcast, so please send in your questions. I look forward to answering them. But on today's show we're talking about the Jets' 2021 draft class, a class that began with quite a bit of promise. They drafted Zach Wilson. Plenty of excitement about perhaps finding the quarterback of the future. Well, as it turns out, he's not really the quarterback of the future. They also drafted Elijah Moore. We all loved Elijah Moore. I loved Elijah Moore. You probably loved Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore's now in Cleveland after two years. That tells you about how well that pick worked out. There is still a chance for the Jets to salvage something out of this draft class. I think one of the keys is Elijah, maybe the key is Elijah Barrett Tucker developing into a quality offensive lineman, whether it's guard or tackle for the Jets. The Jets also drafted Michael Carter at the top of the fourth round in 2021, and that pick was widely viewed as a great value. Carter was viewed as a consensus day-two pick a couple of years ago when he came out. And that first year, I thought he played pretty well. I was viewing him as a number one back for the Jets. And in fact, I was saying, they got, he showed you that 
you don't necessarily need to invest a ton at the running back position. The fact you could get a Michael Carter in the fourth round, a guy who profiled as a number one back, showed you how much easier it is to find running back than it is to find a player at almost any other position. Well, year two came around, and I was expecting Michael Carter to take a back seat to Brees Hall because Brees Hall is a star-level back. In fact, Brees Hall is the type of back I make an exception for. Everything I just said about not investing big at the running back position applies for most backs, but not a back like Brees. So I felt like Carter would kind of move to the sidelines. I think a lot of us viewed him as being a compliment to Brees. Then Brees gets injured, of course. And Carter just doesn't do a whole lot. Carter ends up getting benched near the end of the season. He ends up sitting on the sidelines as Bam Knight, an undrafted rookie, takes over for him. And the Jets, I think, maybe gave... Carter a bit of a vote of no confidence uh, when they drafted Izzy Abanaconda running back out of Pitt in the fifth round this year. And Abanaconda brings a little extra to the table because he's got a lot of speed. He's got some home run ability. So now if I'm Carter, I'm looking at this. I got Brees, who's coming back, who may be on a pitch count early in the season. Under, under a normal circumstance, maybe that gives me more of an opportunity to prove myself. But now you've got Abanaconda in the backfield. You've got Bam Knight, who he was losing snaps to the end of last season. Michael Carter was even losing snaps to Ty Johnson, who's no longer here. So things seem ominous right now for Michael Carter. And I'll I'll be honest with you. Whenever I see a player have an okay rookie season and then it all falls apart in year two, there are very few examples that I can think of of a player bouncing back from that. You know, we always like to think these are young players that you'll, you'll recover from a bad season. But it feels like year two almost always makes me reassess year one. And frequently what I find is that year one was not really as impressive as I was expecting it to be. I think one of the big issues with Carter is there is a lack of breakaway speed. And one of the things I look at at the running back position is how do you do after the first 10 yards? Because, you know, what happens in the first 10 yards is not completely. I mean, you can run through arm tackles. You can make guys miss uh, near the line of scrimmage. But largely what happens in the first 10 yards is kind of beyond your control. How well do they block for you? How does the defense approach you? After those first 10 yards, it's you in the open field. It's you versus the defenders. And Carter was never really an explosive back even in year one. He was a tough runner between the tackles. He brought something to the table in the receiving game, which is another thing I look at that I value for at the running back position. But he didn't really have that extra gear. And maybe that's why he fell all the way to round four. Maybe that's something we overlooked. But Carter, I think, still will have an opportunity because, again, Brees is going to be on a pitch count. Say what you will about Abanaconda, and I do think, again, I think it's a bit of a vote of no confidence in Michael Carter that the Jets drafted Izzy Abanaconda out of Pittsburgh. And I think Abanaconda does have an interesting skill set. In fact, he has been my pick as the day three pick who I think could make an immediate impact for the Jets because he got that extra speed. But he's still a fifth-round pick. Bam Knight is coming back. He looked very impressive the first three games or so last year when he stepped into the lineup. Not so impressive after that. There's an opportunity here for Carter to still carve out a role, perhaps as the number two back. And the number two back in this offense, at least in the early going, still could see a fair share of touches because I think the Jets' focus should be, and it probably will be, not putting too much of a burden on Brees Hall as he returns from a serious injury. I think the focus is on making sure Brees still has a lot left in the tank near the, near the end of the season. The Jets really missed Brees Hall at the end of last year. If, if the Jets had Brees Hall, I think they would have made the playoffs. He was a guy who, he, he was essentially the offense for a stretch in October. And then he left and Garrett Wilson kind of became the go-to guy. But 
I, I really wonder how differently the Jets season plays out with Brees Hall last year because he was a guy who he was just instant offense. All, all they had to do was hand him the ball and he would, he would make plays for them. So you want to keep him healthy so that you'll have him at the end of this year, unlike last year. That means that there will be some opportunities opened up early in the season for Michael Carter. So there's a, uh, the question is what Carter can do with those opportunities. You know, he was, there's no way around it. He was bad last year. I understand the blocking was bad, but Michael Carter just did not produce. There's a reason he was losing touches to Ty Johnson at the end of the year. The coaching staff saw it. He was not producing enough. So he's got, I think he may be down to his last chance. In fact, I, I want to phrase this carefully. If you're asking me today, is Carter going to be on the roster? Yes. I, I think that the odds are definitely in the favor of Carter being on the roster, but do I think he's a 100% lock? If he can, do I think he's the kind of guy who can afford a terrible training camp and a terrible preseason this year? If a Banaconda steps up and if Bam Knight still looks good, he might not be able to. Now, again, I'm not saying that he's going to be cut. I think he'll be on the team. But I'm saying that he's not completely out of the woods if he has a really bad preseason. But if he steps up and suddenly you get a second, you know, uh, another good player out of this draft class, I think if you look at it a little bit differently, nothing can ever make up for Zach Wilson missing, but you can at least salvage something out of this class, and I think that's what you're looking for out of Carter. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll turn our attention to some of the role players. The Jets drafted some guys in day three in 2021. These aren't necessarily going to be guys who make or break the class, but they're guys who might be able to help move things a little bit in the right direction, and I'll tell you who they are as we continue on this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. We're talking about the Jets' 2021 draft class, what they need to do to turn things around. Now, notice what I am not saying today is that the Jets are going to turn back to Zach Wilson after Aaron Rodgers retires. I do not believe that for one second. Zach Wilson's got a long way to go. So I've seen this theory out there that Rodgers is going to take Wilson under his wing and suddenly Zach Wilson is going to turn into a good quarterback. I think the Jets should keep Zach Wilson around. I think it always makes sense to have a developmental guy that you work on, you try and develop him on the practice field, and you hope it works out. But in reality, those situations very rarely pan out. It's worth doing because the reward is so great in the rare situations where they do, but it's not something you can count on. So I, I, until further notice, until Zach Wilson shows us he can play, I'm not including him in the salvaging the 2021 draft class discussion. It's really about how do you work around missing on the quarterback. Now, fortunately, the Jets did have a day three hit that year in 2021. It was the second Michael Carter they drafted, Michael Carter II. As you may remember, the Jets drafted a pair of players named Michael Carter on day two of the draft, uh, day three of the draft. They both played college in the ACC. They both played college at a, at a school in North Carolina. Michael Carter the original was the running back from North Carolina. Michael Carter II was the corner from Duke. In fact, there was actually a very funny story that you may remember from the Jets' war room that day after they turned in their card for Michael Carter, the running back from North Carolina. He was the first one that they picked. And there was this short discussion because they were interested in both players named Michael Carter. Wait, did we pick the right one? And there was kind of some laughs from the war room. Of course, it did not end up mattering because they ended up getting both guys they targeted. I was kind of hoping they would draft Michael Carter III at some point on day, uh, day three of 2021. But Michael Carter II last year developed into a good slot corner. And it flew under the radar for obvious reasons. Because the Jets had a rookie who was an all-pro in Sauce Gardner. And not only that, they had a, they had a number two corner on the outside, DJ Reed, who one of the top number two corners in football. DJ Reed is the number one corner on most teams in this league. So the Jets could lock teams out, uh, lock teams up on the outside. Uh, 
but it also kind of flew under the radar that Michael Carter II developed into a good slot corner. And if you get Michael Carter II and you have Elijah Vera Tucker develop into a good starter on the offensive line and Michael Carter I bounces back, suddenly that's not a bad draft core. But I think there were a couple of role players who could help the Jets who were drafted later on. And there were a couple of guys who played safety in college who were converted to linebacker in the NFL. And this move has gotten so much hate, and I think it's completely unfair. Because the NFL is moving to a, a league where you're, you're trying to get faster on defense. And the idea, is, the idea of converting a safety to linebacker, it's not like the Jets are the first team that's ever done this. There are lots of really good linebackers who played safety in college. So it's not like the Jets, the, the, people are acting like the Jets are the first team that ever tried this. There's a good reason for it. Some, maybe you have a safety who's, you know, doesn't necessarily have the speed you're looking for at that position. Maybe, you know, he can't handle the deep part of the field on his own. But he's a guy who can play linebacker. And maybe he's slow for a safety, but slow for a safety can be fast for a linebacker. And I think one of the things you're looking for is you're looking to increase your cover skills in today's NFL. And safeties typically cover better than linebackers. So a guy, again, a guy who's maybe a subpar safety coverage guy can be a plus linebacker coverage guy. And it gives you an advantage because essentially if you have a safety who can play linebacker, you're kind of playing nickel without playing nickel. You're kind of trying to get the cover skills of a cover skills of a safety, it's the cover skills of a defensive back, and the hitting of a you know the safeties the safeties who hit well are kind of hit like linebackers. They kind of play the run like linebackers. So that's kind of the idea behind it. And they are Jamie and Sherwood and Hamza and Nasrul Dean. We don't know how good they're either is going to be. Nasrul Dean in particular had a lot of hype coming out. There was lots of t- buzz that prior to suffering a serious injury at Florida State. He was on track to be a first-round pick. Those are always a bit shaky. They don't always pan out. I don't think he's done a whole lot to prove that in the NFL, or maybe the injuries just impacted him that much. But one thing about Nasrul Dean, he plays special teams a lot. The Jets love playing him on special teams. In fact, in both of his seasons, he's played over 60% of the special team snaps on games where he's been active. So he's a guy Brett Boyer really likes. And when you're talking day three picks, if you find a special teamer, a guy who really stands out on special teams... That's actually a pretty good value for a pick. It's one things I think it's one of those things I think teams should look for because you're typically not going to find great players on day three. So if you find somebody who can contribute in a smaller role, like on special teams, he's worth it. And Jamie and Sherwood, he's a guy who's getting a little bit of buzz and buzz this time of year. You never know how it's really going to pan out. Sometimes it sometimes it proves to be legitimate in the fall. Sometimes you forget about it. But Sherwood is getting some, you know, there there are people talking about Sherwood. And the Quan Alexander situation is unclear. The Jets may be in the may need a new third linebacker, and maybe it's going to be a guy that they've spent the last two years developing. And I think Sherwood, for the Quan Alexander role, at least has the attributes you're looking for. Now, can he, and I'm talking about physically, can he play effectively? You know, we don't know. But if he steps into a, what is a part-time role, and that's what the Quan Alexander role is, and plays well again. It's another thing that could help salvage this draft class that you know at this point is looking a little rough. So that's my hopes. I, you know, there's some, there's still a chance for this to be at least not a if not a great draft class, then not a bad draft class. But some guys have got to turn it around. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out. Help other Jets fans find us. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and send in your mailbag questions because tomorrow is our weekly mailbag.